Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Qualifying day in Spain and it's an absolutely incredible 100th pole position for Lewis Hamilton. An amazing achievement for Lewis and another pole position for Mercedes who have grabbed pole at this track every year since 2013. Lewis will be joined on the front row by Max Verstappen with three hundredths between them whilst Valtteri Bottas and Charles Leclerc will be lining up behind on the second row. We didn't see the top three improving on their final runs, with Hamilton actually going wide at the exit of the penultimate corner, but it didn't matter as neither Verstappen or Bottas managed to improve their times either. Charles Leclerc did manage to set a personal best on his final lap, with the Alpine of Esteban Ocon splitting the Ferraris in P5 and Carlos Sainz behind in P6. Daniel Ricciardo bounced back from last weekend's qualifying, finishing 7th fastest, beating Sergio Perez who spun at turn 13 on his first run, and Ricciardo also outqualified teammate Lando Norris who came in P9. The top 10 was rounded out with Fernando Alonso and a notable absence from Q3 was Pierre Gasly who, despite looking quick in Q1, was eliminated in Q2 for the first time in 2021 and he will line up P12 tomorrow in between the Aston Martins of Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel. Antonio Giovinazzi came in P14, ahead of Mr. Saturday George Russell in P15, who again managed to make it out of Q1. And in doing so, we saw the elimination of Yuki Tsunoda, which was quite the surprise and brought about quite a frustrated team radio. Finally, we had Kimi Raikkonen in P17, ahead of Mick Schumacher, Nicholas Latifi and Nikita Mazepin. As usual, Alex Kalinorkas, Autosports Grand Prix editor, is with me to chat through what we saw today and what to expect tomorrow at race day. Alex, 100 polls for Lewis Hamilton. An absolutely mighty record there. 
crazy, right? Indeed, and that that's actually the word he used to describe it in the press conference. It was um, it's quite a a nice display from Lewis because because occasionally, you know, even when he's achieved some some really great things, he can be sort of in surprisingly chippy or or, or bad moods. Like I, I think back to to Monza last year where he just, he just set what was F one's fastest ever lap, and he was just not not in the mood for it he just wasn't wasn't responding to anything but which you know as is his want of course but but this one it, I think you really really saw just what that meant to him just um yeah tremendous uh, fan- I, I, I always love these I think this is what's great about sport because you used to see some fantastic human emotions in people in however they react to things and Hamilton like when he greeted uh, Pedro de la Rosa after he got out of his car I thought that was really nice interaction not sure I realized he was live at the start when he said oh yeah, you're aging well did. <laughs> that was quite funny that was quite good um but you know they obviously they go they go way back from when De La Rosa was the was test driver at McLaren when Hamilton joined the team and he was he said he was there of course on Hamilton's first test at Silverstone back in what would it have been 2006 around that sort of time when mm-hmm. he was in GPT but anyway um yeah yeah just just fantastic he sort of he was almost lost for words in the press conference of every question that was put to him he was sort of it was a, a bit here there and everywhere I think he was just as he said you know th- that it's a crazy achievement it's I'm um, struggling to compute it things like that uh, also not helped by some idiot journalist named Alex Kalanorkas um, getting things completely wrong when asking about Sergio Perez's spin which I was told Lewis happened in Q1 when it definitely didn't um, a little, little brain a little brain slip from me there but uh, but uh, helped by Max Verstappen Lewis was able to give a good explanation of what happened there um, so yeah it's still a strange qualifying in terms of uh, as you say Ariana at the start you know the top three didn't improve on their final runs and they've got they've got mm-hmm. sort of various different theories about why that was but um, still congratulations to Lewis what an achievement and and one will it ever be broken I mean I mean who would have ever thought anyone would get to 100 poles Hamilton said said he didn't said other people didn't think he would it's going to take some beating whatever happens whatever you think of Lewis Hamilton whether you like him or not I mean his talent and his records are just undeniable so of course hats off to him and I can imagine he is feeling quite overwhelmed because it is such a mind-blowing achievement as you mentioned there none of the top three improving in their final runs which is quite strange to see I know that Christian Horner has come out and said that you know the wind changed but what other theories are you hearing about why none of those three did any better Yes, that's certainly the uh, the Red Bull theory because uh, Max Verstappen had been so absolutely mighty in Q2 and was looking well ahead of the Mercedes drivers. But he sort of says, well, on that lap, conditions were just perfect. There was no wind. I just hit everything at the right moment. And that, that really helped make the extra difference. Um, and then again, yeah, sort of sort of hinting at, you know, that's what happened at the end of Q3 because he does go faster in Q3. He does a, a 16.7. It was a 16.9 that he used to top Q2. This is, this is Verstappen. Um, so obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he, he nailed it he did he did a better lap in Q3 but then when it just came to that final effort just it just wasn't there and Hamilton interestingly put, put forward an interesting theory which is basically look you know the cars are hotter after you've done one really demanding run on them in Q3 the brakes are hotter the tyres rising up in a different thing because of that because of the brakes being hotter and things like that so yeah I think there's all, all sorts of factors I mean it affected all of them Valtteri Bottas said he made a mistake on his first run in Q3 so thought well I'm, I'm going to gain time definitely on my second run and just didn't and he also thought it was down to the, the conditions and, and being windier and um, Lewis also uh, as you said made a, made a slight mistake coming out of the final corner not that it mattered but I did just want to clarify one thing with Verstappen because we saw ahead of that final run he was overtaking a lot of cars including uh, the Ferrari yeah. cars to make sure he's running behind the Mercedes and he just said that he didn't want to be too far down the pack because that inevitably means you're having to back up towards the end of your warm-up lap and it's not ideal preparation but he insisted you know tyre temps were fine when I started the lap so that wasn't 
what he's blaming not improving on. But um, but yeah, a bit of a weird one. Um, they were asked, you know, is that sort of a trend that we're seeing? Does it happen in Portimao as well? Yeah. And, and obviously at Imola, but Imola it was more the drivers making mistakes than anything like, you know, conditions or, or tyres particularly being an influence. And Verstappen rubbish that. It was like, no, no, we went fastest in Bahrain. So, you know, it, it, it just appears to be one of those things that happened today. And ultimately that means that, uh, that Hamilton comes out on top. As you said, Max was looking very strong in Q2, but just he just couldn't couldn't quite get it in Q3. But someone that did improve on their final attempt was Charles Leclerc, and he managed to get himself up to fourth place. Now in Q2, Sainz was quicker; he set the quicker lap. But once again, when it matters, Charles Leclerc just pulling it out the bag. Absolutely, yeah, it did look like Sainz had had his number and was going to go on to, uh, to, to to be ahead in Q3 as well at Ferrari. Uh, that bloke who wrote into Autosport and was annoyed at how high I rated Leclerc is going to be absolutely livid by Leclerc finishing P4 because that is going to boost his score. It's a great it's a great performance. He absolutely nailed it right when he needed to. And considering how hard we know it is to overtake at Barcelona, he's got a, he's got a great chance of holding on to that position tomorrow. You know, I think Ferrari's bigger struggles do come in the race. We saw that in Portimao on the medium tyres. So maybe tomorrow it will be a case of, you know, Two stints on the softs, one on the hards for Ferrari to avoid the the tire that they they know is giving them problems. But um, but we shall see. But yeah, brilliant from Leclerc, absolutely brilliant. He is he is one of the fastest um, drivers in, in Formula One. He is known, you know, for his speed, and that's what people thought was going to happen when Science joined the team. But uh, but still, I thought he was going to end up behind Science, and he didn't. So well done. Yeah, I mean. Leclerc is such an impressive driver. Obviously, we've seen him held back a little bit by the car uh, over the last year, but. Now that the Ferrari seems to be on the up, he is getting every last bit out of it. But just behind him, also very impressive, Esteban Ocon, just seven hundredths behind, cementing what we've been seeing with these Alpines, really, really improving things. And that midfield is so close. I mean, in Q1, we saw only 0.55 seconds between second and 16th, which is mental, but a really strong performance from Ocon today. Certainly was. It certainly was. And I mean, what this really is encouraging for for the Alpine team is that they're they're getting this great result at Barcelona, which is, as everybody knows, is is like the F1's lab sort of track. If you're great, if you're fast here, if if you're up the order here, it means your car is fundamentally good. So it's, it's really encouraging for Alpine and well done because, you know, they started the season a bit on the back foot, had to unlock some some progress through updates and things like that. But yeah, Ocon, I mean, what a turnaround from sort of the end of 2020 when Daniel Ricciardo had comfortably beaten him and then obviously headed off yeah. to McLaren. But everyone was like, oh, Fernando Alonso's coming in. Well, what happened to Stoffel van Dorn happen again and a young driver goes up against you know Alonso's amazing reputation and skill and talent and and he's and he's made to look really bad probably worse than, than they actually are in van Dorn's case uh, and loses that but Ocon so far absolutely delivering what he has to and what a brilliant performance to, to get in ahead of the Ferrari in, in terms of science so um so yeah well, well done to him yeah Ocon's not having it he's not going to go down without a fight here definitely not we saw Ricardo P7. He didn't make it to the line in time to do his second run in Q3, but nonetheless, out-qualifying Lando Norris, who was P9. Ricardo's going to be pleased with that, especially after last weekend's qualifying session. He's going to be feeling a bit happier about how today has panned out, won't he? Certainly, certainly. Yeah, yeah, a bit bizarre sort of all that happening, um, you know, at the end of, at the end of Q3. But but yeah, mm. it's, it's it's exactly what he needed. You know, he did say, you know, it, it will take time, it will take laps, things like that. And and perhaps maybe it is the Barcelona effect that, you know, that the, the, the drivers yeah. just know it so well. That's probably um, probably a helpful factor for Ricardo. But yeah, brilliant job, brilliant job. It's sort of hard to know with Norris whether, you know, it was a case of Ricardo beating him or Norris sort of 
giving things away a little bit. He was kind of, sort, yeah. he was quite wild when, you know, when we saw him, uh, the onboard with him during that sort of those later runs in Q2 and Q3, you know, he was quite close at one point to really putting, you know, putting his wheels on the gravel at the exit of turn nine at Campsa, which obviously would have been a massive off if he'd gone off there. So, and then obviously he'd had had that moment in FP3 where he went off in the mm-hmm. gravel in turn 10. So it's sort of just a bit of a sort of messier run than we're used to seeing from Lando Norris. But I mean, again, it just shows you how well he's been doing at the start of the year that, you know, qualifying behind Ricardo and, and down in P9 is, is, a, is a bad result because it's just got, you know, we've got used to that ceiling being so high for him. So, um, but yeah, I sort of, I think McLaren would still be frustrated to end up in P7 and P9 because, yeah. you know, everything has looked like they were the ones getting closer to the Red Bulls and the Mercedes. But again, it just demonstrates how tight everything is and the slightest thing going wrong will really cost you. Yeah, those Alpines showing them improvements has definitely uh, ruffled things up a little bit there and it's going to make that midfield even more of a struggle. But like you said, I mean, the fact that we're talking about Lando being P9 as a poor result is crazy and we'll see how tomorrow unfolds because when it comes to race day, he has been putting in such impressive drives. So I'm sure we'll see him trying to fight his way up to the front anyway and maybe we'll see a little bit of action between the two teammates with Lando and Daniel tomorrow. We just mentioned Perez a bit earlier. He spun in Q3 but then he did manage to go for his second run but still only eighth fastest and nine tenths off of his teammate Max Verstappen. Still just not quite finding his way there is he? No, I mean, of course, I do have sympathy for the drivers that change teams over the winter and how difficult it is with yeah. that lack of normal preparation, you know, for, for all of them. But this is a really poor result from Perez. Like, that car has to be fourth. It is the fastest yeah. car in Formula One. I think um, I think it obviously is very close. I think Verstappen probably could have had pole, potentially. But, you know, we are just seeing that whichever car is ahead out of Mercedes and Red Bull it's by a tiny fraction and the, and the Red but the Red Bull is right there is my point so Perez cannot be qualifying at eighth that's a, that's a really bad result it's you know if he if he's going to be anywhere it's got to be fourth or higher it can't be anywhere else yeah. that's 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 really that's really poor he'll be disappointed with that I mean yeah I'm sure he was affected by that spin in Q3 not as Q1 as it was in the press conference. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's his mistake. Why was he out that, that far wide turning in with his wheels in the gravel? You know, it was a bit of a bit of a bizarre error. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's very good at, at you know, keeping his tyres alive in the race, but it's Barcelona. I don't, I don't see him magically rising up the order considering how tight it will be. Maybe I'll be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I do. I always want these drivers to do well. But, um, but yeah, it's not, it's not a good afternoon. Got uh, a good afternoon for Perez. It's not at all. And it's, it's exactly what Red Bull didn't want from the second seat. You know, it's very clear that they want someone that is up there, able to support the team. And today, that is not the result that they would have wanted to see. But like you said, fingers crossed that tomorrow things go in his favour. But I mean, we're saying that about, we're going to think that about all the drivers anyway. So we can't wish that they all rise to the top, but we will see who ultimately does improve tomorrow. The top 10 rounded off by Lando and Fernando Alonso. As we've said, just not quite able to top their teammates. The, we had Espan Ocon just, yeah, super mighty and Ricardo having a better day. We also saw both Aston Martins eliminated in Q2, but Stroll managed to get ahead of Vettel this time around. And he was only six thousandths behind Alonso, which is painfully close, really. 
Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. You heard him on the radio sort of saying, you know, that was a pretty good lap. And his, his engineer's like, yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Uh, uh, fair enough, you know. That's just that's just the incredible, the incredibly fine margins. It's, it's the same for Pierre Gasly. You know, they, they both go significantly mm-hmm. faster in Q2 than they did in Q1, where Gasly just looked incredible. And it it just it's just cost them. It's it's just that that slight. Oh, it's just not got 100% perfect. Maybe maybe the wind, as we said. I think there's there's a real campaign. Maybe not. Maybe campaign's a bit too strong a word. But it is noticeable that a lot of drivers are mentioning the wind and how sensitive the cars are now. With you know with the uh, with the changes that have been made to the rear floors for this year. You know it just makes it that that bit more difficult when they put the power down it's that you've got to be a little bit more sensible and and it's very very sensitive so you know when the wind is a factor in there as well that's when it can really get hairy for them so i do have a lot of sympathy for that and i think that that's why you know just occasionally you will see drivers sort of plummeting down from where you normally see them but again you know i'm sure we're going to come on to talk about sonoda but it does seem that that alpha tower wasn't the easiest car to drive this weekend so um yeah sorry we started off talking about aston martin i went straight on to alpha tower but um yeah again with aston it's it's sort of that's just just about where they are really he's, he's going to be really hard to get into q3 and um, for all of those midfield teams but yeah i think that that it's just about i think i think stroll's reaction is right that that's just is what the car was capable of doing and, and he did it yeah, they're pushing it as much as they can, but they're just not quite there. And with the midfield that close, like we keep saying, every little every little bit makes a difference. So it's going to be tough for them this season. But let's go on to the Alpha Tauris, as you've just mentioned. Gasly not making it into Q3 for the first time this season. And then Yuki Tsunoda getting eliminated with George Russell pushing him out. Not great. We're going to also talk about Yuki's radio. Very angry. I'm sure the team weren't best pleased with that. I think he was quoted as saying he can't effing believe this car. Not not good. <laughs> not good. No, not good. Not good. And actually what, what's worse is the, the comments that he came out with to the TV cameras later in, in the pen. I mean, I do have lot of sympathy for him he speaks excellent English uh, for a Japanese driver a very young Japanese driver as well and I really commend his sort of whole attitude and openness and I like the fury on the radio I think that's really really good but yeah the, the sort of suggestion so basically the reason why I bring up you know that he's, he's English he's, he's very very good but maybe there was something just a little bit lost in translation I think we've got to got to factor that in but yeah he does sort of seem to be suggesting that something was different between him and Gasly's mm. car and that he couldn't really understand that. But it was also quite confusing because he didn't, he sort of seemed to be suggesting that his car wasn't as slow as Gasly's on the warm up laps. And that maybe sort of made, was a factor in tyre temperature. And then just generally things were, were a bit different. But if he did mean to say, say that, then the team will be furious because they're never going to be happy, especially, you know, in that Red Bull environment. That's just not the sort of thing yeah. you want to be doing. It's almost putting a, a target on your on your back. So maybe he just needs to explain that a little bit further or, or ideally the team will come out and, and explain that as well. Um, but yeah, just, just, uh, it's just all going a bit wrong for Sonoda. I, when he was eliminated in Q1, I did think, you know, I thought back to testing when he was, you know, dueling Max Verstappen for the fastest time and he was so brilliant in Bahrain and then it all went wrong in Q2 and it's just never been as good since you know it's been mm. mistake after mistake after mistake and i you know it was it was unfortunate that sort of you know he was the first one to to run at the end of q1 and set that final lap and he just got shuffled back and shuffled back but yeah it was just all a bit 
it's all a bit weird with 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 Sonoda. And then with Gasly, again, it's a bit like what I was saying about Norris and McLaren. Like he's he's been so good, it's it's really surprising when he gets knocked out in Q two because I don't think I don't think twelve from AlphaTauri isn't it's never really the worst result that that team's had. But um, but yeah, just 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 clearly not things not quite coming together uh, this weekend and, and, and this particular track. We have such high expectations for some of the drivers and some of the teams because they did start so strong. And Sonoda is one of those. I can remember in the first race, everyone was so hyped and excited for him. He was setting really great times in the practices and everything. But like you've said, something's just now not connecting. And I know he said that, you know, he was he's just been pushing a bit too hard in some of the previous races. So he needs to just relax a little bit and let it come together. But today it definitely did not happen. And yeah, the outburst as entertaining as it might be for us, like you said, not really going to be putting you in the good books with the team. And I'm sure that they'll probably have a quiet word with him to just, you know, maybe keep it off, uh, off the TV with those comments and keep it for when we're behind closed doors. But further down the grid, we saw Schumacher out-qualifying Latifi. And I believe that's the first time that a Haas has out-qualified a Williams this season. So Schumacher is really finding his way with that car, isn't he? He certainly is. He certainly is. I think the team was sort of saying that he's sort of just adapting to it quicker and, and getting to grips with it better than his teammate. But um, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, he sort of he equals his best qualifying position, but he was only 18th at Imola because Sonoda had crashed. So yeah, this is yeah. a fantastic result uh, for Schumacher and, a, and a, really, a really disappointing one for Latifi. You know, he still hasn't, he just doesn't have that extra just bit of pace that Russell can can find when it really really matters in Q1 but just on Latifi it was interesting I don't think this was a factor in why he ends up behind uh, Schumacher but the the cracked left-hand mirror yeah uh, that, that occurred when he ran over the curbs I mean that is that, that can happen those you hit those curbs pretty hard you're going to damage the cars we've seen that all weekend you know Vettel damaging a front wing Verstappen did it in practice as well um but uh, yeah it just brought to mind I was uh, when I was in, at Barcelona in 2017 covering Formula 2 for Autosport um in the sprint race Latifi was leading I think I've pretty sure he was leading from pole but he was absolutely dominating and at one point his his right hand side wing mirror fell off just just fell off the car not quite sure why but um but it but it disappeared but anyway it didn't bother him until three or four laps later he looked in his mirror that wasn't there and was so put off that he, that he was so put off that he completely drove off the road lost the lead and lost the win so Wing mirrors, Nicholas Latifi at Barcelona, not a good track record. Um, but yeah, brilliant for Mick Schumacher. Absolutely brilliant. He's 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 really coming on coming on strong after that sort of bizarre uh, Bahrain debut with that that spin behind uh, just what was it the safety car restart. Um, but yeah, no, very encouraging, very encouraging for him. Very encouraging indeed, and you know, really good for him considering we know how difficult that Haas car is as well. So to be getting along with it and finding what you can from it. Yeah, good good performance from him. Looking forward to tomorrow before we wrap things up. What are your thoughts? What are you expecting from the teams? And also, do you think that Lewis will hold on to the victory? Prediction time. I mean, starting from pole at Barcelona basically means your favourite from the race mm-hmm. win. I think that's... Yeah, uh, it yeah, does. So, unless Verstappen can, can get him at the start, we have seen... You know, first corner incidents, lap one incidents. Let's let's think back to Nico Rosberg and and Lewis Hamilton in 2016. Uh, I think Verstappen in 2017 got taken out on a, the, the first corner. Was involved in an incident. It might have been with a Ferrari. Again, I remember going back to when I covered F2 in 2017 for Autosport. Every time I was at a race, I was sort of going to every other one at the time. Um, 
every time I was there, Verstappen seems to, or a Red Bull was involved in a first lap incident. Um, that was a bizarre, <laughs> bizarre quirk, but there we go. Um, but anyway, it just shows you that things can happen at that first corner. But, um, but yeah, it's really interesting hearing the, the Mercedes drivers explain that the reason why they didn't do their usual trick of starting on the mediums uh, by getting through Q2 on the mediums was because they just didn't want that extra slight lack of grip off the line that the mediums would give compared to the softs. So they didn't want to be overcome by the first corner. And then basically, I don't think there's a whole lot of time difference in terms of starting on the mediums versus the softs it just gives the teams more flexibility in the race so it just wasn't worth it on this occasion and you could see that that's what they were going to do when the mercedes cars went out on the mediums in q1 that was when they were burning their mediums because they knew that they'd they'd be using the softs in the in the middle part of the session interestingly hamilton cleared up in the press conference a, a bit of confusion about what tires he was running um at the end of q2 because it was a yeah. it was indeed it was indeed a used set that he's, he'd started uh, he'd been he'd used in practice and will start the race on but it's only done one lap so it's lightly scrubbed and he just said, I think basically, I don't think he, I don't think he wanted that. I don't think that was a particular tactic from Mercedes. Um, he just hadn't been hadn't been getting things all together in terms of hadn't quite nailed it in Q1. He talked about, talked about this, sorry, we didn't discuss this earlier, but he spoke about making a, a setup change ahead of qualifying that, that actually That he was anxious about. Yeah, yeah, he sort of felt it was it was a gamble that, that actually found it didn't work. So they were having to work on the car throughout the session. And he said he just wasn't sure that it was ever going to work out, that it was ever going to come together. And eventually it did. But I think that that was also a factor in why he ends up on that, that scrubbed set because he, 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 he did, he's not a tactic. He, he didn't want to be on it, but just didn't, didn't now, you know, the, the, the medium laps in Q1 and then things not quite right on that first run in Q2. So he'd wanted to take another one and end up completing a lap. And I think he talks about this. It's really interesting. You hear Verstappen talking about how sometimes going to the medium in Q2 and then back to the softs in Q3 can be a bit disruptive. And Hamilton was mm-hmm. sort of saying, you know, look, look at like, qualifying today is all about a journey i was building to that pole position rather than you know just it, it just being simple as right go out and do it quickly every time so yeah interesting one for the race smart i'm pretty sure it'll be a two-stopper I'm, i may well be proved wrong but um yeah just just because of the there's not very much time lost in the pit lane at barcelona so they can have shorter stints it's quite hot the track surface is quite abrasive so they'll you know they'll be doing a fair bit of time management but because Verstappen is so close, I mean, I think I think I put in my uh, feature for Autosport Plus last night that Red Bull was seven tenths of a second off in qualifying last year, which is just massive. And Hamilton absolutely dominated the race. Like it was, it was interesting because he reached what he called like a clear zone of sort of sporting form and perfection. That's what made the Spanish Grand Prix interesting sort of interesting last year because he wasn't very life, you know, it was quite lifeless overall. But because Verstappen's right there that adds an extra dimension it might not be action left right and center but it should be tense and and thrilling in a different way that that's at least what i hope will happen and yeah and if it is a two-stopper then red bull have got the option to go aggressive on the pit stops i hope that it is uh, not lifeless as well or it will make the podcast tomorrow incredibly difficult <laughs> but yeah we will see how tomorrow unfolds as you said those who start on the front row and in pole position particularly go on typically to hold on to that victory but let's see you never know maybe we will be surprised but that is all that we have time for thank you for another great chat alex as always drop me a message on instagram at ariana bravo f1 let me know who you want to see on the podium tomorrow and on autosport plus right now you can read jonathan noble's article on why mclaren doesn't doubt ricardo can escape his dark place marcus simmons writes on how a returning champion is feeling at home again in the btcc and Megan White discusses how two F3 stars face new challenges from very different perspectives. New subscribers who sign up today can use the promo code PODCAST during checkout to save 50% off their first payment. 
head to autosport.com forward slash plus click sign in at the top of the page and put in that promo code podcast for 50% discount and we will be back tomorrow to discuss all the unfolds at the Spanish Grand Prix Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Most footwear brands use cheaper synthetic materials, but when it comes to quality, Mother Nature knows best. Allbirds took that idea and ran with their iconic wool runners. Wool runners are made with premium supernatural materials that are comfy and durable, so you can run to the ends of the earth or just to the store. Plus, they're machine washable. This year, take a big step forward for Mother Nature with Allbirds Wool Runner. Discover your perfect pair today at allbirds.com. That's A L L B I R D S.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.